Broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Garris, everyone. In the state of Texas, the number one fan, the number one Jet fan. Respect him, Lone Star State. Respect the man, okay? And, of course, as always, joining us from the Wookiee compound with beautiful... Amazing Wookiee art behind him. Former Division One tight end, the big sticking beast, the Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. What's going on, everybody? Good to have you here. And to give us a hand, everyone, soaring through this mock madness, because it can get hectic when you get these mocks going. You start ripping mocks off, guys, all right? Oh, God. You get, you get willy-nilly. You lose sight of what's going on. What number are we at? What pick am I at? What's happening? What I have here is a professional mock madness host. She's done it one time before. None other than my beautiful, amazing, gorgeous, lovely wife of mine, Queen Bee, Tina Lee. Welcome to the show. Woo! Hi! <laughs> Here to make it exciting! I don't know about football, but that's okay! <laughs> I love it. Yeah, she's gonna bring her, she's gonna bring her a dynamic to the show. Tina has all types of draft insight. She said she's gonna add to the program this week. I cannot wait for that, babe. Cannot wait for who you think the Jets should go with at number 23. Who you think is the best offensive lineman in the draft. Who you think is the best wide receiver in the draft. All these things will be answered in the future, will they not? Oh, uh, sure. I guess I could try to answer those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, you know, we're getting getting to mock madness. Last year, we had a blast. Me and Mike bolted our mock drafts. Uh, we actually did pretty good, considering mock draft is an inexact science, right, guys? It's pretty hard. One trade, um, one trade in the mix there, or one pick goes away you don't expect. Throws the whole thing out of whack when you start doing a mock draft. So it could get a little while, but last year we did pretty good, Mike. We liked Becton there at 13. We got some of those top picks right. We did pretty decent towards the end of the first round. And even when we looked into the future for Jets fans and we looked at the second round there, um, you were looking at Mims big time and ended up being correct. So this year, I'm going to try it again, Mike. More research was done. More interns got hired and fired this week because we burned them up. Getting data for us, Mike, for the mock madness. But before we start that, before we begin... Before we start Mock Madness 2.0 2021, I just want to address something now. I want to make sure the good people of Utah have the correct information. Because an article got put out this week that I read that was sent to me by everyone who tries to troll me at all moments about the Jets. About the Jets having a history of ruining quarterbacks. There was even a shot taken at the beloved Joe Namath as oh, being God. the most overrated player in the history of the NFL. Let's get into it, guys, real quick, and then we'll move on to Mock Madness, because not for nothing, Joe Namath did throw 220 interceptions. I don't think anyone thinks he's in the Hall of Fame based off his stats. You know what I'm saying, guys? So it's kind of a cheap shot to take, considering how statistically things were different back then. You go and you take – you want to talk about the most overrated player ever. 
and you look at Terry Bradshaw and he threw almost as many interceptions as Joe Namath did. Um, but, you know, he's looked at as one of the better quarterbacks of all time. We'll get into that in a moment. But let's get into this myth that the Jets ruin quarterbacks. Now, Mike, I think you and me would agree the Jets don't have a great history when it comes to drafting players at any position. No. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receiver, take a shot any position. We probably have been horrible at drafting there, okay? We already know that. And that's kind of more what the reality is than this myth that has been created by people recently, writers and um, internet personalities, even, even some people we talk to that are Jet fans, that the Jets ruin quarterbacks. And one article was written by a gentleman in Utah, like I mentioned, and he said, historically, this is what the Jets do. That's their history. Going back forever, the Jets just ruin quarterbacks. And even, like we said, took a shot at Joe Namath. So what I went ahead and did for everyone is I did the work. Okay, I want to ease the stress of everyone in Utah who might be worrying about their poor boy, Zach Wilson, coming out here to New York and what the Jets might do. Forget about the fact that we have Joe Douglas now who's won a Super Bowl as a front office person, right? That we have Robert Salah that, that everyone in the league says is one of the best coaches, right? Um, that we have 21 draft picks, Mike, in the next two years. That we have Mekhi Becton, that we have Denzel Mims, that we have all this cap space. Forget about that. Forget about the logical reasons why if you took the Jets name out of the beginning of what I just said and I told you all those things and said any other team, people would be like, oh, that seems pretty good. But with the Jets... We know the storyline. We know the way it's been spun. Mike, you've said it many times uh, when it comes to the Jets and the, the kind of the stigma they have throughout the league. And you go back throughout our history now. Back in 1965, we drafted Joe Namath. We know that was the number one pick. Um, Joe Namath, 13 years in the league, went to a Super Bowl. So I can't mm -hmm. say the Jets ruined him, right? 76. Now, he played 13 years. They don't draft another quarterback to Richard Todd. You know, 1976. That's a while later, okay? Jim Richard Todd, 10 years in the league, 81-82, makes the playoffs. Can't say that's a bust. Pretty decent career. I'm not saying he played 10 years in the league, made the playoffs twice, didn't get ruined. So we're up to about mid-80s here without the Jets ruining anyone yet, guys. I'm just, just just stick with me here for the point I'm trying to make. Then they draft Ken O'Brien in 1983, played with the Jets 10 years, pretty decent stats, AFC Player of the Year in 1985. Uh, you can't say Ken O'Brien was really ruined by the Jets because if you win AFC Player of the Year and you have pretty good stats, he made the playoffs three times himself. Another guy. Not ruined by the Jets, right, Mike? They go ahead. They draft Brownie Nagel, 91. I'm going to skip over him. I mean, he, he was a second-round pick. You know, he was 34th whatever. pick. So uh, uh, the Jets are the only team that will get blamed for not pro for not um, hitting on all their second-round picks. Most teams miss on a first-rounder. <laughs> you know, that's bad. Jets are the only team that they draft the quarterback in the second round that gets included in the mess. You know, that's the Jets' world, though. Then they go to 2000 now. So Joe Namath, Richard Todd, Ken O'Brien, that's three quarterbacks in a row, all played more than a decade, all had multiple playoff appearances, all had pretty decent careers. Joe Namath won a Super Bowl. Now you get the Chad Pennington in the year 2000. Mike, we know. We know Chad played eight years here. Made the playoffs twice with the Jets. Excuse me, three times with the Jets. One three time. times. Three yep. times with the Jets. One time with the Miami Dolphins. Chad yep. Pennington finished with the fifth highest completion percentage in the history of the NFL. 20th ranked quarterback rating in the history of the NFL. Injuries limited. Chad's career, as everybody knows, only played about eight, maybe six or seven real full seasons there. Can't say the Jets really ruined his career either. So they drafted at this point four quarterbacks in the first round. All four quarterbacks have had decent careers. Then you get into Mark Sanchez. Now this is the guy people love to push forward as the quarterback the Jets ruined. When Mark Sanchez got drafted in 2009, that year, the Jets had the number one rushing team in the NFL. The Jets had the number one defense in the NFL. The Jets had Thomas Jones, Sean Green, Leon Washington in the backfield. That's not bad. They had Jericho Cotri. They had Edwards. They had Dustin Keller. Their offensive line was DeBrico Shaw Ferguson, Fanica, Mangold, um, Brandon Moore, and Damian Woody. Damian that's probably Woody. our best offensive line we've ever had in my ever, life. Ever, ever. Okay, so that's what he came into. You can't 
create a better scenario for a quarterback to walk into on right. paper to to, to to come into a place where they're just going to hand the ball off you don't have to do much Sanchez still almost ruined that season his quarterback rating was a 65 he was a bum he was 53 completion 53 percent completion percentage as a rookie you go on to his second season he didn't get too much better statistically but both years what did the Jets do they made the AFC championship game so a quarterback that's not that good that you're saying we ruined still that we ruined still made the AFC championship game twice okay and then when he was asked to do more the subsequent years after that, Sanchez couldn't live up to it. He wasn't that good of a quarterback, okay? And then you get into after Sanchez, and you're looking at Geno Smith. You're looking at Christian Hackenberg. Picks that were just bad picks in the second round. They didn't get ruined by the Jets, Mike. They just stink. But with the Jets, the narrative is, if you get drafted by the Jets and you're in any position, you're not good. You can blame the Jets. It's not the, organ- it's not the player's fault. We're the only team that it's the Jets' fault. Christian Hackenberg stinks. Not, it's not just a bad draft pick. It was a hard, it was one of the worst draft picks of all time. He couldn't play in the XFL, Mike. Right. But it's the Jets' fault. Geno Smith is the Jets' fault. Mark Sanchez is the Jets' fault. The only quarterback that you can say reasonably, even remotely, resembles someone the Jets may have ruined or not done their best to uh, you know put talent around him to succeed, in, in my eyes, is Sam Darnold. The Agreed. most recent quarterback. And that's why people have that narrative in their heads is if this is something the Jets have done historically, when I just went through all our first round quarterbacks, in the history of in the history of our team, first and second round quarterbacks, Namath, Todd, O'Brien, Pennington, Sanchez, Darnold, and then we drafted four guys in the second round. That's that's ten picks out of seven hundred and fifty picks in the in the history of our franchise. Yeah. Ever taken on a first or second round quarterback, okay? When it comes to ruining quarterbacks and that being a narrative people push forward, it's lazy because they're just talking about they're talking about one quarterback. They're talking about one quarterback. It's Sam Darnold and Mike. Not for nothing. Nobody knows yet if this can act, if, if it's actually the Jets' fault. If there is someone to blame in the scenario, why he's not that good, or the lowest rated quarterback last year, or the lowest rated quarterback the last three years, or if he's just not that good a player. They're going to find out next year in Carolina. I know what you think, Mike. What do you got to say about it? I mean, you're just spitting the truth there. Sam already had a turnover problem when he was at USC. That problem was then manifested and realized in the NFL. We didn't see a significant jump uh, from any year one to year two to year three. He still had turnover problems. And when you look at the metrics from a clean pocket, he was still one of the lowest rated quarterbacks in the NFL. But that being said, if you want to blame the Jets for Darnold, fine. But like you said, you go back and look at all of our first round picks. Tell me one that we've ruined. Uh, The problem with the Jets has been we do not draft well, one. And two, we have only drafted five quarterbacks in the first round ever. That's the issue. I mean, the Denver Broncos have drafted five quarterbacks in the first round in the last like six years, that's and they missed funny. on every single pick. That's what's you know funny. what I'm saying. So this, but this is, but we gonna... ruin quarterbacks, but they don't, right? Yeah, and that's what I want to say. And I'll, and I'll move on. I just want to throw this as food for thought for you and Wookie and everyone out there. So before the before the Kansas City Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, they had never drafted a good quarterback in the history of their franchise. They had Trent Green play there. He came from somewhere else. They had Alex oh, Smith man. play there. He came from somewhere else. They had Joe Montana for two years. Came from somewhere else. In the history of their franchise, they had never drafted one quarterback that remotely even was successful at all. Who 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 won the Super Bowl four? Who what quarterback won that? That that is interesting. 
I never even thought Well, I think it might have been Len Dawson, but Len Dawson wasn't even drafted by the Chiefs. Len <sighs> Dawson came from different teams. He played for two teams before the Chiefs. So, and I could be wrong if you go back, but when I went through my notes, oh, look, and, and you can look, and also you go ahead, now I'm going to throw this at you. The Chiefs are pretty good right now, right? <laughs> and this is the thing where, where narratives can get spun. So, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, before Jameis Winston came there, right? Right. They drafted Sean King, Josh Freeman. They had Chris Sims there. They brought left switch in. They had Glennon in. Scrubs. Then they brought Jameis Winston in. Scrubs. Oh, did anyone say this? Did Tampa Bay ruined him, or is it just he didn't? He, 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 he wasn't. Him. Everyone right. blames Winston. Everybody, right. With, right. The, with Tampa Bay, it's the player. Right. Okay, you look at the Bills. They drafted J.P. Lossman in 2004, Trent Edwards, E.J. Manuel, Nathan Peterman. Did anyone think they were a team that was ruining I mean, quarterbacks when they took Josh Allen? Was that the narrative? No. And they I, had a whole laundry list of bugs. I don't want to cause a war here, but look at the, the Giants, Phil Sims and Eli, right? Eli was a great pick. Phil Sims drafted. But outside sure. of that, was Tarkington... Uh, uh, Fran Tarkenton drafted by the Giants? I believe so, yeah. If you're going back in the day, okay. I mean, Giants so there, you, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's but I, what I'm doing, but, what I want to make the point is, is like, you know, before the before the Titans got lucky with Ryan Tannehill, they drafted Vince Young, they drafted Jake Locker, they drafted Zach Mettenberger. When they tricked Mariota, was anyone saying, man, this is a team that ruins quarterbacks? Nope, doesn't right. happen to them, right? When, like I said, the Bills took a bunch of guys. When um, the Broncos went after Elway, when they went Jake Plummer, Jay Cutler, Kyle Orton, Tim Tebow, Chris Sims, Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum and Joe Flacco on the run through there? Is anyone, does anyone right now say the Broncos ruin quarterbacks? Elway still has a job right now. In right. the middle of that, all they had was Peyton Manning, but his worst year his whole life in Denver. And my point, guys, is this myth that there's teams out there that are just like awesome at drafting quarterbacks and their whole history of 60 years is they just nail quarterback drafts. It's a myth. Look at the best teams in the league. Look at the saints. How are they getting quarterbacks for Drew Brees? You know, how is any team? So my point is that the jets percentage of hitting on quarterbacks in the first round is probably not that much different than most teams. You know, it's, it's, it's around the same percentage. It's just that the Jets don't take guys in the first round. They've only You're taken right. five or six guys. So they haven't taken many chances all these years. I think teams, other teams have been more proactive with going after these quarterbacks. And I even, I even think, um, if you look, if you look at the Steelers, man, after Bradshaw, it took a long time until Ben Roethlisberger were there and they were able to get it going again. So, um, I think that the Jets have been horrific at drafting at many positions, guys. We know the front office has not been good, but I do think the misnomer that they ruin quarterbacks so that any quarterback aside from Sam Darnold even has an argument they got ruined. It's nonsense. I totally agree, my friend. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Sam, real quick. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You want to weigh in on your boy? You want to weigh in on your boy from Southern yeah, California? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, well, of course, I represent him because you know he's from Southern California. He played in Southern California. Um, but I think I'm really upset because I got to order a jersey for for Sam, and I never got to wear because COVID hit, and you know all that happened. So I'm a little upset about that. According to what I've heard from you guys and from the Jets world is that the coach wasn't the best. So if you don't really have a really good coach, then it's kind of hard to develop a player on top of the fact that there's no fans watching the games. So, yeah, you know, that's yeah, I mean, and like I said, that's why if you want to blame the Jets for Sam, I'm not going to disagree, but. It's still yet to be determined if he was and will be a good quarterback. Yeah, because the one thing everyone has to move forward with in their mind and just keep this in your mind is that if he does go and turn it around with the Titans, people love to say, um, they like to bring up Tannehill as someone, oh my God, look what he did when he left Gase. And then you look at the stats, you're like, wow, his, his quarterback rating was like a 95 when Gase was even there. Right. He, he was good then and he's just a little bit better now. He, it's he, not really he, a good he, example. He was, he was 18th. He was the 18th ranked quarterback 
under Gase, right? And he moved up to number 10. So he moved eight spots. Yeah, and people from act Gase. like and you know, right. he's, he's better, but they act like it's this right. otherworldly change. Right, exactly. You know? So he's gone, he went from like 20th, 18th, up to 10th. Yeah. Sam is 33. Yeah. So, okay, so so let's move him 10 spots. 23? Yeah. And he's 23. Yeah. Is that yeah, getting exactly. it done? Exactly. Is that getting it done? It's not the same. Exactly. So you know? like we're saying, man, he's going to have to defy history to, to prove everybody wrong. But, you know, more power to him. Good luck. He's a good kid. Now it's time. Now it's time, boys. <laughs> it's time. Oh. And mock, mock Madness 2021. Let's go. The situation uh, got heavy on me. Okay, everybody. Welcome back to Mock Madness 2021. I'm excited. Did a lot of research, guys. A lot of stuff left on the cutting room floor here, okay? A lot of data was compiled. Every single type of player was looked at, every position. Kickers, all the way down through long snappers, guys. We got it covered here. Um, I can't wait. I'm excited. Tina, you want to go ahead and do the honors? All righty. Are you guys ready for uh, the draft pick? <laughs> oh, uh, who wants to start? I'll start off. Anyway. I'll start off here. I'll go number one here, guys. I think me and Mike are going to be agreement. This will be a quick one, guys. We're not going to do too much at the top here. Mock Madness, number one pick for me. Number one pick in the draft will be Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, quarterback. He'll go down there with Urban Meyer, tear it up more than likely. Best prospects in Andrew Luck, 69% completion percentage. Can make all the throws. We know the deal, Mike. Number one pick to me, Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. He just got married. His wife and him already submitted things to the Jacksonville charities, and he's already, like, doing his little tours now, so... Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that, that that decision has already been made. It's just going to be made official next week. I agree with both of you guys. You want to you want to you want a trivia about Jacksonville right now, or you want a tidbit, guys? Sure, go ahead. I'll which one? Which one you want? You want a trivia? Yeah. All right. Trivia is 1995 NFL NFL expansion draft. Who did the Jags take with the first overall pick of that draft? Was it Tony Baselli? It it was not. Oh, damn. Mark I Brunel. Think, I think it was, Mar was it was it Mark Brunel? <laughs> it was not Mark Brunel. They both of those guys were a couple of years later. I, I, oh, okay, I, okay. I believe. First pick, I don't remember who the hell was it. I don't know who the was it. pick was Steve Berline. Oh, I, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say <laughs> Tina. I knew. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tina. Next time I knew I that one. You know, I knew it. And I, I, and I misunderstood the book. You said expansion draft, so I should have said a player that was on a team. That's my bad. You guys but, ready for number two? So Grogu wants to know. Uh, Mike, who's your number two pick? Well, the number two <laughs> pick going to the New York Jets. I think it is pretty apparent that the New York Jets will be selecting Mr. Zach Wilson from Brigham Young University. Uh, it was reported today that Zach already has reached out to ex-Jet quarterbacks, Mark Sanchez, Chad Pennington, um, to figure out and hear what it's like to be the quarterback for the New York Jets. Um, I'm, I couldn't be more excited and ecstatic that this will be our new quarterback. We've done a lot of research into him. Uh, anybody want to go back into our archives, into the uh, quarterback chronicles and look up Zach Wilson? You know, we're, we're pretty excited, but I think that will be the number two pick. Zach Wilson, I mean, it's been talked about. We've been bandied about. It's, it's come up for now for about two months. They went to the, the pro day. They finally traded Sam right after that. Every single thing points to Zach Wilson as the next New York Jet quarterback. Has the arm talent, has the mobility, has the toughness, can make all the uncanny throws. Um, type of offense we're going to run. It's kind of perfect for him. The accuracy is there. Number two pick for me in the draft, Zach Wilson. What about you, Wook? Do you agree with him? 
I agree with both of them. And a fun fact, going back to 1995, as we talked about with the Jags uh, just before, the Jets selected Kyle Brady tight end with the ninth pick, much to the chagrin of Jets fans who wanted this player who ended up being a seven-time Pro Bowler. Was it Warren Sapp? It was Warren Sapp. Oh, your boy is on it! (laughs) Let's go! Let's go! (laughs) Nail that one! Nice. He always knows. You always have the answers. Hey, I, Tony, I got to Tony Baselli before it was a huge whiff, though. I mean, come on, let's be real. Uh, but let's get into this number three pick here now, all right? Now, this is where Mike and I have had some debates. Um, I've said on the show before previously, all the signs to me pointed to the Niners, and all the rumors I heard, too, also said Mac Jones to the Niners. Now, when I did my research here, when I dug into it, I was going Mac Jones for a while. As I did my research, Mike, and I got, a little, got more into it, I do think it's going to be Justin Fields at number three, going to Ohio State. Um, I do agree with you now. I think he has the versatility, more versatility than a Mac Jones, where if, say, his first year, he struggles a little bit, he can still he can still get it done on the feet. But not someone, it wasn't like he was rushing for 1,000 yards, you know, a season, over 1,000 yards total in his career, but 19 touchdowns in the red zone. So you know he's efficient in the red zone. 41 touchdowns, 10 rushing TDs that 2019 season. Um, showed you the toughness there in the national championship game. I do agree with you now, Mike. I don't think it's going to be Mac Jones here at three now. I think he's going to slide a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and say with the number three pick, 49ers take Justin Fields. Yep, completely agree. Uh, And again, my whole premise is the fact that you give up that much draft capital to move all the way up to three. You're doing that because you're making an investment into the future. Mac Jones is a fine player. We know that he can walk in right now and take that team and do well and execute the offense. But there is a ceiling to Mac Jones and what his abilities are. I understand he's, you know, we have guys like Tom Brady and whatnot, but a guy like Justin Fields, I mean, the accuracy, um, the will to win, as we saw his speed, his size, you get a guy like that to be able to mend into the type of offense. It will take Shanahan's system to the next level. And that's the type, I mean, and then you're competing against guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. You have to have a weapon to be able to combat that in that division. So again, yes, that's what I think it will be at three, Mr. Justin Fields. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys, actually. More and more we were talking about it. Uh, Mike, what you just said made perfect sense to me. You're not giving all that up to get to three, to get a guy that you know is pretty much from what everybody says, if not close to at his ceiling at this point. Not a knock on him. The kid could be a very good um, starting quarterback, uh, backup towards the end of his career in this league, but you're not trading what they did to get Mac Jones. Mr. So, Lagaris? Number uh, four. Like yeah, yes. Number four. <laughs> number four. Number four. So the Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. Now, do they really need a quarterback at this point? I feel like this is going to be more about what, you know, this is the GM versus the uh, coaching staff versus the owner. Like what, what, there's a lot of competing wants here. And I know there's in a lot of mocks, they get, they're getting Kyle Pitts understood. But when I look at the fact that they did not, the owner, the GM did not want to restructure Matt Ryan's contract, but had to to get under the cap that tells me something he didn't he wasn't looking to restructure to keep matt ryan he had to just because of fiscal reasons which means to me his mind is 
looking at the quarterback position. And the the fact that this team and the talent it has won't be in a position like this again, as high as it is, and you have a quarterback potentially that you can put on the bench for a couple of years, I think Trey Lance is a home run for them here. I think that this is the perfect situation for a quarterback like this to sit for a year or even two while learning under a guy like Matt Ryan in that system. And maybe the coaches may not agree with this right now from a, from a health perspective of the organization and really developing that type of uh, position to become that leader. I think Trey Lance is the best pick for them and will be the pick for them at four. Wow. So me and Mike didn't chat about these picks before we did this, but we actually have the first four picks exactly the same. Um, Trey Lance isn't someone that I think, you know, I had that high up as a prospect for myself, Mike, but I do think a situation that will be perfect for him, considering he has that one great season, didn't get to play last year, is to go somewhere where he doesn't have to start next season. And you look at the Falcons, like you just said, with everything with the contract contract situation with, with Ryan, a team that actually on paper has some talent, you think probably is not going to be a team that only wins four or five games next year, like you said also. Not going to be back in this position again to get one of these elite quarterback prospects potentially in the future anytime soon. Um, I think they go quarterback also. I think they go Trey Lance. And I know he only has that one season. It's a bit of a risk. Um, but the one season was, you know, it was pretty special what he did. I know it's almost like a D2. He did it at. But he's 35 years old, Matt Ryan. So he doesn't look like a quarterback that's 35 and he's still humming. Like on Aaron Rodgers last year, you know. Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old, I think. Killed it last year. One of his best seasons of his career. Matt Ryan seems like he's still pretty good. Still a good quarterback. But more towards the middle of the quarterback pack than he is towards the front now. And I just want to warn everybody, Wookie will not agree with this. And the reason is for fantasy football reasons. So just want to throw that in there. No, I mean, to be honest, it would, it would be um, it would be kind of not groundbreaking, but uh, the Falcons, last time they took a quarterback in the first round was Matt Ryan, 2008. Uh, last time they drafted a quarterback since Matt Ryan at all was 2013. Uh, they got Sh- uh, Sean Renfrey from Duke in the seventh round. I don't even know who that guy is. Wow. That's the last time I drafted a quarterback at all? At all. So this will be the third quarterback they've drafted since 2008. Sounds like one of Twan's starting quarterbacks. (laughs) Renfro. He's a receiver. Yeah. You ready to move on to number five, Mr. Farrell? Yes. Yes, I am, Mrs. Farrell. Thank you very much. You know, know, right here, Miss Hello Kitty, she would like to know what's going on. Did I win that? (laughs) Did I? Did we win that in, in Korea, that guy? No, we uh, bought yes, that, didn't I, we? Oh, no, we no, didn't. no, no. I won this. I won this uh, the weekend that you proposed to me. Uh, oh. Okay. In the Jersey Shores. <laughs> Look, I, I try to take credit for it, guys. I, I got shot right now. I, I, I won. I know. Yeah, it was all you. <laughs> it was all you. You won it. I had nothing to do with it. Um, guys, coming at number five here. Now, we have the Bengals, who's the biggest needs for the Bengals, offensive line and wide receiver. Uh, when, you, when you look at the team that they have. Last year, they went ahead and drafted Burrow. Burrow was obviously, we know, pretty good last year. Didn't get to play the full season, but was pretty decent. Threw the ball a ton. The kid averaged over 40 attempts a game. 32 sacks last year, 42 hits on him in only 10 games. So I think the biggest need they have is at offensive line, which is why if the best offensive lineman is there for you to take, you take him. That's why I think they're going to go ahead and take Penny Sewell, offensive lineman, Oregon. We already talked about him last week, guys. You know he's a big beast. Got the strength, has the size, everything you need to be a lockdown left tackle. Dominant pass protection, dominant in the run game. I think when you have a Joe Burrow you invested in, one year, and you find yourself in this spot the next year where you can get his bodyguard out there, left tackle, like Zach Wilson's going to have with our boy, the walking eclipse, the Mackay Beckton. You go ahead and do it. 
Penny Sewell at number five to the Bengals for me, Mike. See, me and you, if I was, I see right where you see. If I was a general manager, that is exactly what I would do. The difference between us is that I'm, I'm, I know I have much more eyes in on the social media and I'm listening and hearing the beat writers and everything. And from, and I would agree that Penning Sewell, of course, should be the pick after what happened to Joe Burrow. Are you kidding me? And it's a need. But what I'm hearing through the airwaves is this they think that this group of tackles is deep and that they can get help at the tackle position. Now they've got that guy, Jonah, uh, who had been hurt from before. They think he's going to be healthy. From So what I'm hearing is that Chase is too tantalizing of a prospect to pass up and that he will help Burrow much more in the long term and that they can shore up the offensive line in the later rounds and then possibly even next year. So that's why I know it's right now a battle. It's like 50-50. What, but I'm hearing from some of these beat writers that the that the management of the Bengals is leaning chase. So that's where I'm trivia. Absolutely. 2001 Bengals. We're talking here, guys. Who is their lone representative in the Pro Bowl? 2001? Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh my God. Oh man. In 2001, go Oh my goodness. Uh <laughs> exactly. The uh, only I don't know, dude. They were trash. They had Achilles <laughs> Smith, I think, too. Yeah, Ocho, Ocho Cinco wasn't even in the league. I'll tell you, no. he, he played he played offense. He was he was on offense and right. he was a running back. Oh, was Dylan, it, uh, Dylan, Dylan, no, Dylan, Dylan, Corey Dylan, Corey Dylan, Corey Dylan. Absolutely. Yeah, he went to the Patriots and ended up winning his Super Bowl. Yes. All right, well, AVG, we combine for the answers. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Teamwork <laughs> makes the dream work, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, let's roll. All right. Numbers. So then, six. going to six now is the Miami Dolphins. So just like I just said, my picks that I made in my mock draft again are not really what I would do. See, if I were the Miami Dolphins. At this point, personally, I would probably go ahead and take Kyle Pitts at this point right now, okay? Or Jamar Chase if, if it was with, with Keith, right? But everything I am hearing is Devontae Smith. Every And I'm talking my best friend who is a Miami Dolphin fan told me. I asked him. He said, it looks like Devontae Smith. They have contacted him multiple times. Devontae Smith has already a relationship with Tua Tonga Vailoa. It is an absolute need at wide receiver. I understand they probably have Gasecki. People talk about Kyle Pitts, but both Keith and I and Nick agree that the whole tight end thing may be a little bit overblown. And we, who knows, could see Pitts fall a little bit here in the draft because he's so hyped by the media. I'm just saying, folks, if you see it, just remember ABG told you, okay? Because these tight ends are just blown up. Oh, we've never seen anything like it. Huh. So anyway, I got the Miami Dolphins selecting Devontae Smith wide receiver. And I do have them taking a wide receiver also. Um, their biggest needs wide receiver, probably in running back, if you think about it. Miles Gaston is Miles, Miles Gaston is a backup running back. He's an NFL scrub. starting running back. Um, Mike, Mike, as Mike affectionately refers to him as a scrub. Um, I think that what you hear a lot before the draft, especially now with the uses of social media, has been proven time and time again to not always be accurate. So uh, I'm not saying that you're not in the know when it comes to that, but it'd be hard for me if you're just drafting a receiver to draft Smith 
over Jamar Chase. I think Chase is a better receiver. Um, the stats for Devonta Smith last year were bonkers. Ridiculous stats. But if you look at the stats for Jamar Chase the year before, I mean, just as good, right? Look at a guy like him. You add you add a Jamar Chase in with a Will Fuller and Parker and Gasecki. I mean, two is not going to really have no excuse out there. You know, right. he runs the routes well. He has the hands. He breaks tackles, Chase. I can't really say that for Smith. You know, even though he's tremendous also, he waited on like a buck 69 or something the other day. So mm. you're going to have to bulk up a little bit. No matter how talented you are, that's not a healthy weight to be playing professional football if you're his height. You know, if you're five foot eight, you could be a buck 60 and you can still, you know, be stocky, I guess, right? But right. to me, I think the best receiver in the draft is Chase. And I think, unfortunately, for Jet fans, that's who's going to go here at number six. Uh, since we're talking about the Dolphins, uh, I can think about is Ray Finkel. You know, laces out, Dan. That's all I can think about. <laughs> but whatever. That's whatever. Anyways, uh, let's move on to number seven. Keith, you ready for number seven? Yeah, yeah, I am. Now, here we have the Detroit Lions, guys. Detroit Lions, they have a bunch of needs just like us. Wide receiver, cornerback, offensive tackle, a bunch of needs for them. Um, I could definitely see them going with an offensive lineman here, but I think they need some more weapons for golf out there. I think they're going to go wide receiver. I think, unfortunately, for Devonta Smith, this is where he's going to land. You know, we don't have to say, we don't have to go into the superlatives of Devonta Smith. No, tremendous he is. We know he's a Heisman Trophy winner absolute beast mode if Sewell if Sewell's available here Mike if he does slip I think they grip him up but if he is gone like my hypothetical right here I have Smith going to the Lions here 1800 yards last year 23 touchdowns um add some more weapons out there for golf they love Galladay I think they don't have Marvin Jones there anymore so they're gonna have to really find some weapons for golf or he's gonna be in trouble they really have a tight end right now so I, th I think number seven in the draft this year Devonta Smith yeah, um, I agree with your approach. I mean, if you look at everything that they've lost uh, with Galladay, I mean, right now, who do they got? Bashard Perriman. I mean, they've got a bunch of who knows what out there, and they're going to want to put some weapons around. And this is actually where I have Kyle Pitts going to the Lions. Um, you could put Waddle here. I can understand that. That would make sense. If there was a Devontae Smith on the board, I could absolutely see him. Same, same agreement. They need weapons offensively. That's where they're going. So I think the last three picks, you know, uh, besides Sewell, you know, Chase, Devontae Smith, we, me and you have those guys going right here. Um, and, and, and a Lions, same approach with offense. So uh, that that's where I got Kyle Pitts going. For, Bookie, you got any, uh, got any tidbits on the Lions for us? I do. I actually do. You mentioned Marvin Jones. Uh, well, there's a Motown singer by the name of Marvin Gaye that tried out for the Lions in 1970. What? He put on 30 pounds training with the future Hall of Famer, Charlie Sanders, uh, He pre in preparation for the tryout. Did tryout, didn't make the team. Obviously, we would have all known this by now. It wouldn't have been just some random tidbit if Marvin Gaye was one of the greatest singers of all time and also played in the NFL. Um, <laughs> but apparently, he made some friends with the guys on the team, and some of them even sang back up on his 1971's hit, What's Going On? Wow. wow. That's exactly. awesome. Look at these little tidbits Wookiees added. Exactly. Guys. Very, very good. Who knew that? Who knew uh, Marvin Gaye not only had the smooth soft side, all right, had the jams, blasting the jams out, also will knock you out over the middle if you try to catch Deacon Jones status. Yeah. Okay? That's, that's what's going on. All right, let's keep it moving here. All right. So, number we, eight. So, what, which one, what number are we at? Number eight, we are number eight. Number eight, the Carolina Panthers, who just picked up Mr. Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold, we know, has had a terrible time with the offensive lines. I mean, my goodness. And guess what? One of the worst 
uh, positions at uh, with the Carolina Panthers is offensive line. And according to my mock draft, I have them taking Penny Sewell here. That is exactly what they need, or they need to go cornerback, one of the two. Um, I think they're going to want to do everything they can to give Sam a potential for a bounce back, and they'll go Penny Sewell here as the best uh, tackle in the draft for all the reasons that Keith said before. So that's where I have. Yeah, it's funny because, you know what, Mike? I actually have them going offensive line also. And, you know, when I did my mock, um, I thought this maybe was a little high for this guy to go. But then I've seen some mocks like McShay also and a few other people that actually had the same pick as me here for number eight for the Panthers. And that's Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. I think wow. he's going to be the second. I think he's going to be the second offensive lineman taken. The arm uh, length thing comes into play, like we said, Mike. Doesn't have the longest arms in the world. But great positional blocker, great body control, smart guy, good upper body strength. I think he's probably going to be second offensive lineman taken. A lot of the buzz that I read. And like you said, their offensive line, we both agree on the position at least they're going to take because their offensive line last year was bad real bad yeah, i mean you look at pff too it wasn't as bad as the jets but i mean it was up there so yep. um sam sam's going to a place with more talent there'll be more talent around him than he's ever had when it comes to the skill positions but when it comes up front it's going to be a similar situation for him so um maybe they'll keep giving them excuses who knows but i have number eight here i have Rashawn slater from northwestern going to the carolina panthers with a little more trivia here we're going back to 1995 yet again a lot of 1995 popping up here um very first player drafted by the Panthers, Kerry Collins. Collins went on to throw over 200 touchdowns in his career and beat every team in the NFL besides the Miami Dolphins. Couldn't couldn't beat the Dolphins. Poor Kerry, you know what I'm couldn't saying? Couldn't beat him. Wow. He he had a run though with the Giants. He was, was he was a, he, he did was, have a run. He, he was alcohol. Yeah. He was alcoholic. I was hearing. He would get wasted. I thought it was painkillers. Oh no, that was that was. No, that was he was an alcoholic, <laughs> uh, and then had like a I forgot when he got to the Giants. I think he was sober, but when he was at Carolina, he was just. A drunk I think he runs ever. multiple farms now, Kerry Collins. <laughs> Does he really? I think so. Yeah. Hey, God bless you, Kerry Collins. You got the G man yeah. to the Super Bowl. You didn't play that great in the Super Bowl, but you no, got there, so. no, lost no, he, Dilfer. he lost to Dilfer. So. <laughs> he also lost to one of the best defenses in the history of the NFL. Uh, agree. Yeah. But, agree. But don't get right. all sensitive. He, don't get all butthurt. Listen, I understand. I, I get it. I get it. You're I'm right. Kerry Collins was. He gets. No he gets. You see, he gets like, hot. He gets I get hot. It. I, I know. It's I get like, it. You know what? I feel like you guys are fighting out there now. <laughs> no, nobody's fighting. No, no. Are you sure? Yeah, Giants have had a lot of really, 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 really good luck in the playoffs. They deserve to catch that one fat L in the Super Bowl that one year. <laughs> oh, no, of course. You guys deserve that. I mean, you guys are missing field goals for you to win Super Bowls. Balls are bouncing off dudes' heads. <laughs> Things happen for the Giants. It's like when I used to watch the Yankees, and they were already better than everyone, and then would have good luck. I'm like, you know what? This isn't even fair. We did take out the Patriots twice, though, for you guys. So. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah. Touche. Touche, and I cheered right. for you both times. And you know I was cheering for the Giants because Oh no, of Patriots, course. You always yeah, you always have. Yeah, Patriots Mike, is any, like sitting down and prices, and you can't do that when you're a Jet fan. <laughs> any self-respecting Jet fan put their pride aside, sat with their Giants brothers and sisters, and said, you know what? Screw New England. Oh, it's the greatest good. team. Let's get to have the Giants. <laughs> when I'd rather my friends who I know have them be torturing me than some stranger from New England any day in my life. Oh, of course. That's what I have to say of about course. that. All right. I feel like collectively, people just don't like the Pats. Oh, no. It's not that we hate them because of anything except for the fact that they cheat. It's, I mean, that's it. They, you go into these hotels and they're pulling the fire alarms. They're looking at play sheet. I mean, it, I'm serious. Mike's I'm serious. I'm not. It's not, right it's getting, not, it's not it. lies. It's not hate. It's not narratives. It's the truth. Unfortunately, it's true. It's the truth. 
Ooh. They cheat. That's why Watch we don't like them. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Uh, maybe I should have worn that shirt that says Pat sucks on it. <laughs> I know. I, I took it out for her. She's like, I'm not interested. I was like, no, Tina, I don't want to be Tina, negative. Tina, I, I want to just be honest with you. Look, 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 look. I, again, I know we're going to get back to the mock madness. Just be real clear, okay? I have a daughter. I love my daughter. If she decides to marry any race of human, I will have no problem. Even if she decides to marry, you know, different, I, I'll just be like, okay. But she walks in this house. And she's Here dating someone who's a New England Patriot fan. It's not happening. Here we go. Son. No, promise you. Promise what if she becomes somehow. And if like... you if you have a daughter with Keith, I guarantee she comes home to the Farrell house, wearing and 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 the and the dude or whoever is wearing a Patriot jersey. Keith will not allow it. It won't. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I believe oh. that. I one hundred percent not going to be that. in this family. Like your daughter's going to grow up to be the anti Jet fan. She's no, going to she be the Patriots the fan. She loves the Jets, son. My she's daughter walk every around day with walks around with the Jets. Patriots stuff right through your house. No, yeah, she's more, she's more of a Jet fan than anyone. Than oh, my nice. daughter loves nice. the Jets. Oh, she's a big-time Jet fan. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right, let's what keep going. What number sorry, are we at, sorry. Tina? We are at number oh. nine. The number nine draft pick. Keith, you're up. Okay, cool. Now, here we go, guys. Now, Broncos. The Denver Broncos. I read off a list earlier of quarterbacks since John Elway. Take out the three years of Peyton Manning. It has been the highest level of shit show at that position you could possibly imagine for the Denver Broncos. They have not got it right. They've tried to trade for guys. They brought in veterans. They brought in Joe Flacco. They trade for bombs. They draft buns and bring them back. And I think this year they're going to try to remedy that. Now, I thought Mac Jones might go three. And as early as like a week ago, I think he's going to slide here. And I think even though they have needs at linebacker, they have needs at cornerback also. Drew Locke is not the answer. For the, for the Denver Broncos. Drew Brock, Drew Locke proved last year he's not the guy. Led the league in interceptions. I don't think he's a starting level quarterback in this league for me. I think when you have a Judy, when you have Patrick, you have Sutton, um, they have Font, they have Gordon out there. They have some weapons on offense where if you have someone that can step in right away, be pretty accurate with the ball at quarterback, be efficient with the defense that's not that bad either, they could be a pretty good team. So that's why number nine here, I have the Broncos taking Mac Jones. Quarterback, Alabama. I like it. Um, as we know, highest-rated quarterback ever. So someone that maybe I thought would, would go a little higher, but I do think he's going to slide here. I know John Elway has not been great at drafting quarterbacks or acquiring quarterbacks in any way, shape, or form. I think they're going to try to remedy that this year. I think Mac Jones ends up in Denver, Mike. If I were the uh, general manager for the Denver Broncos, that's exactly pro where I would go. I would go take quarterback because I agree with you. Drew Locke is a complete scrub and he is not the future. Um, but Peyton, George Peyton, who is now the general manager for the Denver Broncos, uh, instead of Mr. John Elway, um, has not made it really a precedent to where they are looking to change quarterback at this moment where their draft stock currently is. Um, there has been chatter. There's been look, talk about them moving up potentially for a quarterback. Yeah. There absolutely is there. But from what uh, the sentiment seems to be right now is they're going to sit tight, give Drew Locke another chance, at, which I disagree with. But it looks like that potentially will be what they do. And then after next year, they'll go ahead and make a decision. And that we'll see. But I agree with you. I would personally go Mac here. I'm going to go with the linebacker out of Penn State, uh, Mike Parsons. This kid may be one of the best linebackers in the league. He may be one of the best edge <laughs> prospects in the league. This dude is just absolute 
complete beast mode. They need linebacker help. And I think this is the best prospect on the board defensively and where they're going to go. But again, that's what I think they're going to do. I would take Mac Jones. Wookie, what do you got for us on the Broncos? Broncos. Okay. Broncos legendary running back Terrell Davis is the all-time leading rusher in team history with just over 7,600 yards. Drafted out of Georgia, what was the first college David, uh, Davis played at before getting to UGA? Oh, I didn't yeah. say I had any shot at this either before looking this up. <laughs> did he play, did he play football? <laughs> did he play football with you at Marist? He did not play football with me at Marist. No, I would, I, you guys would have known about that. Believe me, I would have had jersey signed. <laughs> He played at Long Beach State. Oh! LBC! LBC. Before going to Georgia. <laughs> yeah. LBC. Right. right around my baby's hood. Now, now, can I guys tell you the 10th pick, the Cowboys? I, Keith, I really hope you have this pick because this is, this is ridiculous. Again, this isn't what I would do, but this is what I, I am so confident in this pick. They're going to take Patrick Sertain, cornerback. They, they are in, Jerry's in love. Okay, Patrick Sertain Sr., who used full to bloom. mess us. Oh, he's full bl full bloom on this yeah. cat. And 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 uh, the father, it, who used to mess us up from the Patriots, Patrick Sertain Sr., wants his son to play for the Cowboys. It's like a match made in heaven. Now, you and I both agree. We don't think he's the number one corner. We think J.C. Horn probably would be better. Yep. Patrick Sertain, Cowboys, I think this is... This is like Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. Yeah. And this makes now, look, hold on. Now, this makes all the sense <laughs> in the world what you said, Mike. All the sense in the world. And we know everything you said uh, when it comes to Jerry Jones and the name value and all these things. He seems to be attracted to that. What we've also seen with Jerry Jones in the past is an inability. An inability to pass up on the hype when it's right in front of him with a guy. Oh, no. Now, they yep. took CeeDee Lamb last year, right? They need Stop a, it. They need a corner. They need an offensive tackle. They need an edge. They also need a tight end. They Sorry. also need a tight end. How is Jerry Jones <laughs> going to have Kyle Pitts sitting there, the one in 40 years tight end, knowing Jerry Jones oh, and pass boy. him up? I don't see how he does it. Oh, I don't see boy. this guy. I know. Even with – they have a huge need at corner. They oh, can actually boy. use another offensive lineman, as we know. But I don't see Jerry Jones many, for many of the same reasons you just said. I know Sertain's dad and all this. It all sounds lovely. But I think if this hypothetical occurs and Pitts is there at number 10, Jerry Jones will be salivating and he will grip him up, add him to the squad with Dak, and they got some good receivers down there already and try to tear it up on offense. I don't I don't see any way, shape, or form Jerry Jones passes on him in my mind. I, and I just want to say if Keith's mock is right and, and Kyle Pitts is here, I agree with him because he yeah. won't pass that. Yeah, and you're a mock. He's not here, so it's a different thing for you. He's already yeah. gone. <laughs> you got I would agree. For us on them, what? We're going to go way back. Uh, we're talking 1960. What? That's when Dallas officially became a member of the NFL. However, for reasons I couldn't find, they could not draft until the following year in 61. So the first ever draft pick in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys was Bob Lilly, who played defensive tackle. And went on to be selected to the Pro Bowl seven times in his 13-year career. Oh, they nailed their first pick then. Good for Shout them. out to Bob Lilly. Bob Lilly, good for you. Good job by the Cowboys in their first pick there. And all the Cowboys fans that for some reason maybe clicked on this by mistake, you're getting tidbits. We're throwing it at you guys. <laughs> We're trying to fill in all the gaps here for you guys. 
My husband, Keith, I'm sure you're going to hate this, but I once long ago was a Dallas Cowboy fan. But that was only because I was born in Dallas, Texas. I was That's raised in up. California. You should be. But I'm a Met fan. I was in I was Texas. Born, listen to me. I'm a Met fan because I was born in Queens. Period. That's why I'm a Met fan. I lived in right next to Shea, Lefrak City. You got to yeah, rep well, where you're from, right? First of all, babe, you just you can't come out with things like that live while we're recording. That's serious. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just throw. I used to be well, a look, cowboy fan at me. I was in the middle of a show. But look, okay? in my defense, I don't know anything about football. From what I hear, they're not that good anyway. So whatever. <laughs> but besides that, they always have the cutest cheerleaders. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, guys, let's get into number eleven here. Okay, uh, the New York Giants at number eleven. You guys have needs at cornerback. You have needs at edge. I think you have needed a wide receiver too. I know. You, I know you signed one, but Sterling Shepard's. You know he's he's, he's yeah. average at best, and Slayton is not a bad receiver, but he just did it for spots last year. He's not someone that you know you can right keep, right. Um, so wide receiver Suspect. would make a lot of sense for me, but I also know that you guys need corners. Now you have some okay corners out there. Um, but I think the Giants have loaded up with different pieces in free agency for the offense already. I think with this 11th pick, they're going to go defense. It could go wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. I could totally see that too. I see a ton of mocks with them taking a wide receiver. And that would be totally logical to me. But I think they're going to go defense. I think they're going to go cornerback. And they're going to take J.C. Horn here. Mike's favorite cornerback of the draft. I think it's going to end up in New York. Um, like I said, they have Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, Ross. They have Ingram. So they do have weapons on offense already. It's not like that's a glaring need. Wide receiver, to me, they still need one, but they don't have a number one quarter. They have Bradbury. They have a Dory Jackson. Uh, they have a few guys there, but no one who's a true number one. At linebacker, they have Blake Martinez. So they even have a decent player there. So I think their biggest hole, more even than wide receiver, is cornerback. And with J.C. Horn sitting there, um, in my mock, at least, Mike, that's where I have him going to the Giants number 11. That's an amazing pick. That's what I would, again... That's what I would do. You're see, you're mad logical. You're being a logical human. But you gotta <laughs> understand that the way the NFL works, it's not just logic. There's desperation. And de and Dave Gettleman is a desperate human right now. He's he's searching to stay as the general manager for the New York Giants. And the only thing that's gonna keep him as the GM is that Daniel Jones has a phenomenal season. That's that is what he is holding on to. So what is he gonna do? Is he gonna go do the right thing and go get a guy like JC Horn? Or is he going to go grab another weapon? Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama, to pair along with Galladay and be like, yo, I'm giving my boy a toy. Go do your thing, son. Go do your thing. <laughs> That's what I think is going to happen because he's desperate. He's scared. He wants Danny Dimes to be dropping dimes. And he's going to get the most explosive, fastest receiver in this draft. And that's where the New York Giants are going. Wide receiver. What do you say? Before, before I ask you to weigh in, look. Did Mike's sultry voice he just threw at you convince you that Waddle's the guy? Did that <laughs> you <over> the edge? <laughs> if, if anything could sway me to want a receiver, that might have been it, to be honest with you. Um, I would I, I would love J.C. Horn. I definitely oh, think we need him. Freaking if Gettleman... Uh, if Gettleman came out and said he's in full bloom love with J.C. Horn, I wouldn't look twice because I could believe it. The kid is going to be a legitimate lockdown number one corner in the NFL. And if we can get him there, pick him, Gettleman. Put the freaking water bottle down and you're oh, full blown love with Daniel Jones yet to be determined. Yeah. Big J.C. Horn, Dave. Yeah, I think that also would be a pick they could make. 
that would be a lot that he'd be immediately come in and be effective. Oh, Where right Waddle, off the bat. You, I think actually I think Waddle would be too. I shouldn't say that he wouldn't be, but just the production in college also too is a little iffy. Where JC Horn come in and immediately play. I mean, he's not had good drafts, Gettleman. He's been really, really bad at these drafts. So he's missed all over the place with a ton of picks. So he needs to he needs to pick someone at this eleven. He knows helps the team next year. Yeah, like Mike. But Mike also has made a good point. His back's against the wall here. This is his last season as the GM of the Giants. Last if they season, don't win bro. Games. This is it. This they don't is want it. Put his stamp on it now. He's got to put his stamp on He's the organization. Gotta, he, they got here. to. Look, Nick, you guys have to. You can't just be six and seven win. You need 10, nine at least. Have oh, to. yeah. Ha- this year. Oh, yeah. F, the, yep. F everything. You have to do that. Or maybe they'll pull out. If they don't, I have no problem with him walking out the door or them kicking him out, to be honest. Yeah. All right. What number number are we up to here, sweetheart? Well, guess what, guys? We are right at the halfway point. So we're at number 12. Mike, you're up. (laughs) Oh, so we're looking at Eagles, right? Eagles, just like he said, I got them taking JC Horn. I mean, they need cornerback. This is where they should go. I mean, I've got all three receivers off the board at this point. I mean, they could go with a receiver again, but I think that would be stretching it. They're, they need tight end. The top tight end is gone. They need safety. I'm not really big on the safeties in this draft. So they're going to take cornerback. And what I have right now, Jay-Z Horn is the number one cornerback. That's where they're going. That's logical. That's a big hole for them. I think tight end, wide receiver, safety, corner are all holes for them. I think, though, if you get to this number 12 spot and you have a guy that you mentioned earlier in the draft, Mike, like a Micah Parsons still sitting there, who could be the best player in this entire draft, theoretically. Number one uh, college-ranked PFF guy of all time, you know, in the history of their website. Has the speed, has the strength, instincts, he's powerful. Ran a 4-3-9, I think that defense last year was lacking. I know they need a corner. I know they need a safety. But it's going to be hard for them to pass up on a guy like Parsons. Why don't you start getting to here, guys, to this 12, 13, 14th pick area? That's where these teams are going to have some big decisions to make because they're going to be looking at the needs they have on their team and then also be looking at, wow, a guy like Micah Parsons, who could be in the Pro Bowl the next 10 years at linebacker, you know, be the next Ray Lewis. If he's an edge rusher, he'd be the number one edge rusher in the draft this year. That guy's sitting here. Yeah, maybe we need a wide receiver, but how do you pass up on a talent like that? That's kind of more my thinking here with the Eagles, Mike. You had Parsons going even higher than I did, as you know. We both love him, and that's why I think here with 12, they're going to go ahead and grab him up. Parsons was there in your hypothetical, Keith. That means he was there one pick before, yeah. uh, and I would love for the— Gettleman would instantly get so much more credit if he pulled, like, a super maneuver and took Parsons there if yeah. he was available. Yeah, yeah, you can't right. go wrong there for years. Nick, but anyway, you're, you're, and actually, Nick, huge. you're absolutely right. That's that would take career. the edge, too. That would be an edge yeah. fill as well. You don't know, yeah. you're absolutely correct. That Actually, that may be even a better pick than than J.C. Horn because either of those, if, if, if that's the right choice. Oh, no, but of I course. But I think if Waddle or Smith is on Mike, the board, if anyone that's does where want to support going. us, listen to us, or get at us in any way, shape, or form, where could they do that? Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please find us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, and my beautiful, lovely wife, Queen Bee, Tina Lee Farrell. Signing out. My name's Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out.